If you've been watching HBO's Lovecraft Country, our friends over at Fansided have a really terrific companion podcast for you to check out. The show is called Lovecraft Country Chronicles, and not only does it cover the HBO series from a fan perspective, but it does a great job diving into themes behind each story. Join host Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora as they welcome a diverse set of experts and fans each week. Ever wonder what the history was behind Sundown Towns? Want a crash course on Lovecraftian horror? This is the show for you. So check out Lovecraft Country Chronicles on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. clock has struck 3 a.m. The witching hour has begun. Are you ready to be initiated into the Black Magic Coven? Join your sisters, Marissa, Liz, Kaylee, and Andrea, as we meet to discuss the macabre, creepy, and sinister. We call upon the Four Corners to check into the Cecil Hotel and wander through the history of its haunted halls. Ladies, have y'all heard much about the Cecil Hotel? Have any of y'all been there by chance? I have not been there, but I am I'm relatively familiar with the history of the Cecil. I I have also not been there. Um I've watched a mini a tour video on YouTube actually. I <laughs> I have heard of the Cecil Hotel. So this is one that when we were talking about topics, this was one that I immediately knew about when it was mentioned, so same, vaguely familiar. Um, I actually looked into staying there a couple years ago when I was in LA, um, but all of the reviews talked about how horrible the neighborhood was. And mm-hmm. being as I was going to be using public transit, the, like walking around through the neighborhood um, ended up passing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I in just researching more about the hotel, because like y'all, I was familiar with it and, you know, some like high profile crimes or instances that have occurred there over time I knew about vaguely but um yeah the location itself seems to be really impactful about uh you know just all the things that have happened and I'll go through that we can go through the history and everything because it's been around for a while I mean it was built in 1924 by William Banks Hanner and then three years later in 1927 it opened and it's pretty large it has 600 guest rooms 19 floors and because of all of the negative connotation and negative things that have happened there with you know suicides and murders and affiliation with serial killers um they actually changed the name to stay on Maine to avoid negative associations after they renovated it in 2017. So currently it's actually, it's still a hotel, but there's also residential units in it as well. But even so back in the day, people would stay at hotels for a prolonged period of time. It was like more regular of a thing. I feel like, Mm -hmm. like it was more normalized, but yeah, I feel like um, uh, the fact that they rebranded, um, I feel I 
part of me thinks just lean into it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Just uh, go for it. Like, there's plenty of hotels that, uh, I mean, like the Stanley Hotel and yeah, stuff like that. Uh, you know, they lean into that spooky vibe. I, I mean, I guess for the Cecil, because there's so many real, true murders, maybe that would be a little gauche to try to do that, but um, I still feel like there's enough supernatural elements and, like, that kind of spooky vibe that maybe it would be, they could, like, you know, do some spooky tours or something. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like playing up the paranormal aspect might make it a little less, because there's been so many, like, real murders, focus on ghosts. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not the only hotel that unfortunately has had so many suicides and murders. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know? I know in like some of the photos and like the videos they have, it seems like really the only thing that's like a remnant of the Cecil is like the painting of the advertisement on the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like that's still there, which is kind of a shame because when I was reading about like the original um, build of it, it was like this beautiful art deco high class hotel with like Roman or like Greek god statues and like it was absolutely gorgeous and it's just kind of sad that I don't think any of the original architecture remains on the inside. Oh really? I think because yeah the the lobby was one of the most popular draws to it because it had that sort of like ornate historical architecture like really beautiful draw like appearance and everything. I'm not sure if it's still like that today but yeah, it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, from everything I've seen and reviews I've read online, everything else is just really run down. Um, it's not well kept, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that I, much at all. Some of the videos I've watched of people staying in there, one of them was the the BuzzFeed Unsolved. They, they do something about a particular case that we will talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And they, are, they actually go and stay in the hotel room. And it's like... It's almost like somebody went in there and tried to make it look modern on like a very small budget. Like they mm-hmm. have like a weird one of those like chairs that's shaped like a hand and it's like bright oh, red. Yeah. <laughs> and like I don't know, it's like and then they had a bunch of other bright red accents like but it just it doesn't look all the way there. Like you there's also like an yeah. exposed water pipe for some reason. Like it's just there's certain things that don't look so good. Uh yeah. So yeah, it is kind of a bummer if it was a beautiful like Art Deco style uh, hotel mm-hmm. for them to try to like cheaply modernize it. It's kind of like, uh Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm trying to remember the Great Depression was like 29 or 30. And so mm-hmm. it didn't have very many years before the country kind of went into a recession. So I'm sure that right. did not help. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that happened within five years of the hotel opening up. So it got hit pretty hard with that. And then... You know, of course, like, you know, Andrea, you were saying the location is, you know, has always kind of been sketchy dating back to like the 40s and 50s. Like Skid Row's been around for a long time, but it got increasingly so bad with homelessness and drugs and, you know, crime that um, and I think it was like four miles within a four mile radius. But I mean, Skid Row apparently stretches like 52 blocks. It's really long. It's not just like one area so that space has been around for decades and it was so bad that in the 70s LA adopted this policy of containment which is meant to centralize food housing employment and substance abuse services for the homeless but it instead of like helping it sort of you know drew more people into that area and made it you know more condensed 
and things just got worse into the 70s and 80s by the time you know crack became a really prevalent problem so um with you know the location and the kind of uh problems were going on with homelessness and drug abuse that played into the sort of crime and suicides and you know murders that were going on and people didn't even want to go to that part of town anymore you know the police would go there on a call but they wouldn't necessarily patrol it so um there were a lot of crimes and uh that just sort of like it was just kind of chaos for a while mm -hmm. like people wouldn't bat an eye if someone was walking around naked and covered in blood it'd just be like well they're cracked out it's <sighs> crazy you know, it wouldn't yeah. be yeah, like it wouldn't really stand out because things were just so chaotic every single day. Which is unfortunate, but I think that kind of plays into like, you know, all of the violence and suicide that happened. But even then, I think the first documented suicide at the Cecil was reported in 1931. And it was this guest named W.K. Norton. He died in his room after taking poison capsules, which I'm wondering like, is it, are you taking rat poison? Yeah, like, you know, you don't really hear much about like anymore. Like I just took poison. Like, I feel like there's so many poisonous things now. Like, well, yeah, yeah, do we like know? A lot of people like drink bleach or like, right. or like take a bunch of like Xanax or something. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you don't hear poison capsules in- uh, Yeah, it sounds <laughs> weirdly elegant. No. You took a poison yeah, capsule. I know it's like this historic like form of suicide you don't really hear about anymore it's like uh but is it bad that like everything seems poisonous now no. I don't know I... anyway <laughs> that was the first recorded like you know instead of suicide that's happened there and they've just continued um you know so much by the time in 1960 longtime residents were starting to call the Cecil the suicide so um, Oof, wow. that's dark Lots yeah I know, I know. And then, you know, because of all of the crime and, you know, I'm sure the location too and things that were happening, it was just an easy spot to kind of congregate. So it became notorious for rendezvous spots for, you know, adulterous couples, obviously drug activity and then prostitution as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then not too much later in 1947, this is one of the first, uh, probably one of the first like really famous cases that people still talk about today. Um, Elizabeth Short, AKA the Black Dahlia, was rumored to have been spotted drinking at the Cecil bar days before her murder. Um, are y'all really familiar with the Black Dahlia at all? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm really familiar, but I am, I know the general outline of her story. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I know some things about it. I feel like most of it's probably from popular culture. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, like I've seen the Black Dahlia movie, um, mm -hmm. and it's been a little minute. It's been a minute. And then and like she also is in like the first season of American Horror Story. They kind of talk about her a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So there's definitely things about the Black Dahlia case that I am familiar with. But right. Um, Overall, yes, I'm kind of the same as Liz. Been. I feel like all of my Black Dahlia knowledge comes from uh, pop culture, and mm -hmm. I like I haven't really ever like really researched like what actually happened. I mean, I know um, the discovery of her body, like the way she was disposed of. I yeah. guess I don't know. It was particularly brutal that a woman thought it was a mannequin at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it was so mutilated and she was drained of blood. But 
Well, and how precise yeah. it was. I know yeah. there was a lot of rumors that it had to have been like a medical professional to be able to have done what they did to her. Yeah, and that's what they, in American Horror Story, they make it out to be a, a doctor who is performing like illegal abortions. Um, mm. oh, it's yeah. like part of his storyline. So I don't know how, uh, if they ever connected that at all to, I mean, I know that clearly we don't know who the killer is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There was like, I remember hearing about there was like a book where somebody claimed to be the uh like their great grandfather they think is the black dahlia murderer or whatever but yeah i remember hearing about that (laughs) but i mean i i i think he's probably uh maybe reaching a little bit i don't think there really is any true it's like the zodiac killer i don't know yeah there's tons of theories a a mystery yeah yeah. Well, and I also write an entire book about it, though. Like, <sighs> it's one thing to just make a claim, but like to have enough evidence to put together a book is kind of. So was that guy know, um, the one that did his grandfather have like Hollywood ties? Because I also remember hearing something about um, like she was trying to be an actress and that it was mm-hmm. some like director or producer, um, and ha- he would have these parties at his house and there was like rumors of like pedophilia and like they would invite prostitutes over and there was like a lot of seedy stuff happening. Um, but that it was like a high profile Hollywood guy that killed her too. And I, that, I don't know if that there's any truth to that or not, but I think in light of the decades and finding out like how Hollywood is, it, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it was actually a true crime author mm-hmm. and former LAPD detective Steve Hodel um, mm-hmm. is the one that claims that he believes his father was the Black Dahlia killer. It's interesting because so. I was looking at <laughs> just looking at Wiki and uh, apparently in 1991 Janice Knowlton who was 10 years old at the time of Short's murder claimed that she had witnessed her father, George Knowlton, beat short to death with a claw hammer. Oh and she pu- yeah. she also published a book titled Daddy Was the Black Dahlia Killer in yeah, 1995. I mean, how many people think, I wonder if that's like, uh, how how many people have claimed they know the Black Dahlia murder? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's, again, that's it's probably always going to be a mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which those are the, yeah, these and- are the cases that always drive me the most, like, like, I'm just like, I want to know. Like, Me too. I want to know who did it. And that's why I think the Cecil Hotel is so interesting because clearly this, the Black Dahlia murder is one that we've never, we're never going to solve. And then probably the one that we talk about the most here shortly is another one that we just will never have answers. And it's just, mm-hmm. it drives you wild with like, oh, I just want to know something. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tainted since, um, I don't know what's more disturbing is that like if you know people come in and out in a transient way and they're just like affiliated with this place that they've been to kind of like they're cursed in a way by being there or you know someone spotted them there and followed them or if some sort of you know crime happened on the premise multiple times over Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's just eerie to think about either way but regardless like that just that place has such bad energy yeah (laughs) for real Gone, there, gone down there. Well, and it seems like several of the suicides, um, there were like no suicide notes left, and it was unclear if the people jumped purposefully, or you know, or if there was foul play involved. So there is a lot of um, kind of like unknowing about a lot of the cases with the hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there was a, another crime a little bit later in the 60s where a retired telephone operator, her name was Pigeon Goldie Osgood. Um, she was well-known and really well-liked, long-term resident at the hotel, but she was found dead in her room. And she had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was ransacked. Um, a man named Jacques B. Ellinger was charged with her murder, but then later cleared. But that's yet another death. Um, that one took place in the hotel, actually, but that's just another death that was, you know, associated with the hotel that's still unsolved. Mm-hmm. Which is awful. Like, that's, I mean, I wonder. And another thing, too, is like they don't, in the research that I've looked into these crimes, they don't mention the room numbers. Yeah, I bet that's probably intentional, right? So people aren't... I would imagine so, but I mean, you have room or you have hotels like, you know, of course, you know, Liz was saying the Stanley Hotel where uh, room 217 at the Stanley Hotel influenced Stephen King to write The Shining. And then in The Shining movie, you have all the crazy shit goes down to room 237. So it's interesting when some hotels have these occurrences and they mention the room numbers i guess when you have a high profile writer like stephen Stephen king King, obviously you know um because i think the book actually has 217 also i know in real life it's 217 i forget if the book is 217 or 237 i think it's 217 i think i don't who knows why stanley kubrick made that change (laughs) there's plenty of other things he changed uh, (laughs) i know Totally. Uh, but yeah, I didn't see any room numbers mentioned in researching what's happened in this hotel. But I mean, we even have in Austin, we have a haunted hotel called the Driscoll, which is historic over here down on 6th Street. And, you know, there's like the honeymoon suite where two uh, two people got married and they, they did a murder-suicide there. And um, th- they tell you the room number and then there's another room number i think that someone had like drowned in that passed away and we're talking this hotel has been around from like before 1900 i think i forget what year it was built but i just thought that was kind of interesting that all these things have happened but they're not disclosing room numbers yeah i think on the wiki there was actually only one um, oh, there was? And, yeah, and it was a woman in 1975, which I think was interesting because she's uh, unidentified to this day. Um, she checked in under the name Allison Lowell, and she was staying in room 327, but she jumped mm. from her 12th floor window onto the second floor roof, and that was the only one that I saw a room number on of any of the cases. Interesting. And it's 237? 327. Oh, 327. Yeah. I was about to say, what? I feel like this could be like that movie Numbers where you just, yeah. like, you're like, oh, wait, 327. Well, that is oh actually, if you God. mix them around, it's 237. Yeah. It has to mean something. Uh, that is an OCD and neurotic person's nightmare right there. It's like, Do you guys think part so of the room wrong. number thing, if not just for the hotel trying to keep it quiet, was um, I'm sure the um, LAPD, which has such a fantastic reputation, um, looked Oof. really hard into all of these murders. Um mm that there was there's just like lack of like record keeping and well some of these. i guess especially too like marissa you mentioned like it got to a point where police just weren't really mm-hmm. in like p- patrolling anything so andrea so again, there could was, there be was a suicide okay write it off yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah that could be the case 
Yeah. I just, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to me because you do have those people, those people. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not any weirder than I really. Like, I do like this too. But you have, you know, individuals who are interested in going to places where, you know, serial killers have killed victims or where really tragic events have happened. I mean, I like going to haunted hotels and haunted places too, but there's something kind of different in my mind just personally about going somewhere that someone has been like brutally murdered. Yeah. Um, I think that's a little bit more intense for me than uh, going to just like a historic place where like some stuff has happened. But, you know, like I've never been to the Lizzie Borden, you know, hotel or Airbnb, not Airbnb, but like her old home yeah. where she supposedly murdered her parents. And you can stay in the room, like in her parents' room. Yeah. And that's just like a little too intense for me. But, you know, like some people are into it. And then in the 80s, like Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, uh, you know, who is a serial killer and uh, who also I think he's a serial rapist as well. But he stayed there and was a regular presence on Skid Row and, you know, kind of held up at the Cecil for a while while he was committing all these crimes because he could go off the radar and unnoticed. And so I can just imagine people who were, you know, interested in him and wanting to go like stay in the room that Richard Rob Ramirez was staying in. You know what yeah. I mean? So well, and nobody yeah. noticed him. That was like, I think the craziest thing for me, like as he was coming in and out um, and like, literally like walking through the lobby naked because he know, would right? like he That's would dump so insane. His, like he'd kill somebody yeah. dump his clothes and then just like come in and nobody would bat an eye at it yeah it's like yeah. but that was the i know all kinds of characters were walking in and out which makes um, you think mm-hmm. like wow that really does paint a picture as to how bad the Cecil hotel was in the 80s for sure yeah like yeah. i mean it's terrible and like the staff I mean, the staff wouldn't even bat an eye. And if they heard someone scream for help, you know what I mean? They wouldn't be like, oh my God, this is out of the norm. It'd be like some, yeah, like, again, like they're like desensitized to it. It was a little creepy for me when I was doing research for the episode, when I got to his part, um, I guess mm-hmm. his full name um, was Ricardo Levia Munoz Ramirez. So oh. I share a name with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Munoz is a common name, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But it just like rubbed you the wrong way a little yeah. bit. <laughs> it was odd because I'd never known that before. So. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Yeah. My favorite well, is his, the catching of him. Do you guys know how he was eventually like caught? Like they identify they identified him, so they had finally like had a basically a picture of him. They knew who was doing all these terrible things, and he like saw his face on the news and was trying to kind of slip away and he ended up like um no he was walking through a neighborhood and a group of uh older women uh recognized him and a bunch of people just ended up like chasing after him and tackling him (laughs) and hitting him down until police officers came and arrested him wow oh that's amazing i love those kind of like vigilante stories yeah because i mean he tried to like steal someone's car and was like hopping fences and trying yeah. his hardest to get away but these this group of people was like hell no we know who you are yeah. and we're stopping you now i like that. yeah well and it sucks you know this guy was such a piece of shit yeah. i'm sorry but like i know a lot of serial killers serial killers all you know already are but like i mean he 
he had no MO. He was just out there just doing whatever, whenever, whomever. Mm-hmm. Which that's and what's so interesting. I feel like it's crazy to me. I mean, I guess it just shows how bad LA crime was in the 80s probably, but like yeah. that he got away with it as long as he did because I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like serial killers that get away with it for a long time, it's usually because they have like a, you know, like they're very like thoughtful about it. You know, it's yeah. like yes. and they plan and I feel like he's just so like was just so whatever about it. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what's so interesting about him in particular is I feel like just, you know, going out and doing whatever you feel like. Mm-hmm. And probably mm-hmm. not a lot of thought into, like... Because I feel like, you know, he wasn't necessarily, like, planning ahead of time on all these no. things. No, yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, I feel like doing this now. Like, <laughs> Right, yeah, wild. they're, like, crimes of passion or impulsive crimes, mm-hmm. you know? And he, I mean, he killed men, he killed women, children at random. Um, there was one thing that was talked about with him... Uh, you know, he grew up hearing Vietnam horror stories told him by his cousin, and he witnessed his cousin shoot his wife in front of him. Wow. So he had some trauma there when he was younger, and maybe just seeing that sort of like desensitized him or thought that like there was some sort of like accept- acceptance with violence that just sort of turned off any sort of empathy. I don't really know. But he ended up being convicted in 1989, you know, for 13 counts of murder, five counts of attempted murder, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. And then he was sentenced to death, but he spent 23 years on death row at San Quentin. And then later he died from lymphoma in 2013 at the age of 53. So, I mean, he served time and everything, yeah. but I mean, he had a track record for sure. I mean, the other so- disgusting thing with him was um, that he, he got married in prison. Yep. And like, mm. apparently he had quite the draw of women writing to him. And mm-hmm. I, I just, that's something I'll, I'll never be able to understand the thought process Dude, behind. I don't get that either. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got like, the Charles Manson. I feel like basically any yeah. famous serial Ted killer Bundy, has, right? Has, yeah. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Ted Bundy is horrible for that. Uh, I, yeah. Did you guys? So uh, I find it interesting. So when he was sentenced to death, he said his response to it was, "No big deal. Death always comes with the territory. I'll see you in Disneyland." Jesus. Like, what does <laughs> it's that like mean? it's like he just won the Super Bowl, you know? And they're like, "Where are yeah. you going next?" It's so yeah. That's <laughs> I have no idea. I think, well, actually, you know, it. I don't know if he was really hyped up on a lot of drugs or something. He very well could have been. But, you know, I feel like that's sort of like a little one last threat. It's like I'm even in Disneyland. Like yeah. I'm, I'm anywhere and everywhere. I'm a random person. There's nothing special about me. You know, there's nothing special about my victims. Mm-hmm. They're, and I think that's really terrifying because, you know, Ted Bundy had particular women. They looked... You know, they had like longer brown hair split down the middle because they reminded them of his mother. You know, certain killers have certain people that they target. And for him, it was just at random. So even somewhere like Disneyland where you feel safe, some murderer could be going around targeting you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's very true. But I could be giving him more credit. Maybe he's just like totally out of his mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he said Satan was directing him... Um, 
on committing the murders, but I I wonder like how many people he actually killed because if there were vagrants at the hotel or like random, you know, yeah. unsolved murders, like how many people he actually killed around there? Yeah, because I, I yeah. don't remember where exactly the source was that I read this, but like, you know, there was stuff just about him potentially just leaving bodies in the alley by the hotel and stuff like mm -hmm. and so it's like you know i'm sure if it was a bad part of town like like you said andrew like how many other people could he have just randomly killed that like they don't yeah. necessarily connect to him and that mm -hmm. they were just like oh well we don't really care about this case enough to really figure it out so yeah you know it's definitely possible i mean that's like with Manson too. He the the family could have killed way more people out in Death Valley. But even then, like there are some interesting aspects to Robert Ramirez for sure. At the same time, though, I feel like it's sort of I don't know in terms of like being fascinated with serial killers in a sense. It's sort of boring to me because when you think about people like you know Charles Manson, for example, his this was you know also probably partly induced because of he was tripping out on acid all the time but like the whole beatles association and the white album and you know helter skelter there were just so many things and the bible in general like there were so many things that he just warped mm -hmm. and twisted and manipulated other not only his perspective but other people's perspective too to like get him to carry out these deeds for him and I find that kind of stuff way more fascinating than just random killing oh, and yeah. random crimes you know like and same thing with the Golden State murder I mean the meticulous planning ahead of time mm -hmm. and going in and you know just the forethought that goes into it like you were saying to elude police for so long um, that kind of stuff it just sort of blows my mind because it's like god you're so fucked I up I mean it's but interesting too because the golden state killer was a police officer at one point in his life so i feel like he yeah. also had that like internal he knows how it works yeah kind of thing well this is also interesting on that point um you know i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that kaylee because there's another killer another serial killer that showed up on this scene at the cecil a little bit later in 1991 um austrian jack under Waker? Waker? That sounds right. Cecil for a while, and there were some rumors that he was there to copy Ramirez's crimes, but he was ultimately there. He was a journalist, and he was there covering LA crime. So he would actually do ride alongs with cops and go out and spend time with them and see he would commit a crime and then see them sort of working on it which is really creepy yeah mm -hmm. sort of immersing himself mm -hmm. into that world but while also you know strangling he was known for strangling prostitutes with their own bras so he committed a few murders while he was staying in that area as well at the hotel. Well, and what a perfect cover. Um, this guy really intrigues me um, just because he had a backstory. So he, when he was living in Germany, um, he had murdered an 18 year old girl by strangling her with her bra, um, was convicted in 1976. And then after 15 years, he was actually pardoned and released. Um, and then came to the United States and perfect cover to ride along with 
you know, mm-hmm. cops doing crime stories, but like if they would have done the most minuscule amount of background check on this guy. Man, that shit happened so yeah. much. But it's also like, um, like you mentioned earlier with Richard Ramirez, like potentially killing other people that they just didn't think to look into. Like he was, uh, Jack was targeting sex workers and a lot of times mm-hmm. cops are just like, oh, well, this is their fault. They were on the streets, so they kind of are blasé yeah, like, about oh, the death comes, of a sex worker. the territory. Like, exactly. That. So, yeah. and that's probably why he targeted them, because he thought maybe mm-hmm. there was a better chance of getting away with it. That shit still happens. I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Like, it's, it's really, really terrible. But yeah, I think you're totally right. And again, he could have done that to so many other people, mm-hmm. even without our knowledge which is also really sad and scary but yeah i mean strangling them with their own bras i was thinking like earlier (laughs) doing a little bit more research about this story if you're out you know i was like i know a lot of girls or a lot of women during 2020 aren't wearing bras Mm -hmm. so did he have like i just gave it up so it's like (laughs) does this guy have another weapon on hand like just in case does he have like a backup like you know what I mean? Like, what if she's not wearing a bra? What's he going to do? You know? Well, I yeah. guess, like, he appealed his case um, before he killed himself. But then the knot he used to hang himself, he used the same knot that they found on all of his victims. So if Idiot! There any, if there was any doubt, like, that's the legacy he left. So you're going to try, like, to say you didn't do it. And then, yeah. I mean, it's pretty, so yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, but by the time he hanged himself, I think he was convicted of 11 murders. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. And it's such a... I can't stand it when they when they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. I, know, yeah. I know. I always... That's why, I like, I, I'm honestly not a big fan of the death penalty, because I'm like, I, I want them to rot, man. Like, yeah. just yeah. Like, live... I, I mean, I guess there are people that are just truly, like out of their minds that probably will never come to terms with like that they did wrong mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. I, my hope is that there are you know most people especially for like I don't know serial killers is one thing because sometimes they clearly have like a very very messed up brain but like especially mm-hmm. people that like one off murders and things like that like I want them to have to sit there for the rest of their life and think about that they did that and that mm-hmm. they're in jail because they like chose to take someone else's life like mm-hmm. especially if like you know I, not to be like a man hater but like any like violence against women i'm like sitting there forever like yeah yeah but yeah well that's like real retribution like that they're going to suffer yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's true yeah it's a real cop out you know when whenever like someone hangs like especially like a male who had done those kind of crimes to women i agree with you liz like i i hate that i can't well it's like jeffrey epstein like yeah like so oh it makes me so mad that he did that like can i just interject that jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself yes no yes that's true (laughs) it's true possible um the guy in cleveland um the who kept those girls for like 10 years in his basement yeah julian castro was that his name yeah i think so that sounds right even that you know like keeping women or keeping young girls and torturing them and abusing them and then he gets arrested and can't even handle such a cop out like sit with what you did crazy yeah i think he killed himself like god not even a month after being in prison mm-hmm. which is and these poor girls were 
over a decade held captive by him. She's terrible. Yeah. But yeah, I I agree with you 100. percent Um. Yeah. So that guy sucks too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Cecil is not a great place so far. Uh, And then I think they had like some, I guess, some chill years because the next big thing that happened at the Cecil Hotel wasn't until 2013, which became. Uh, a really popular um, event that sort of stunned people. Like they didn't really know how to interpret it because it was a very strange case. But um, this was, uh, let's see, after surveillance footage surfaced of a young Canadian student named Lisa Lamb, she was behaving erratically in the hotel's elevator that went viral and she was missing for about three weeks, but her body was found on the roof in the water tower or a water tank um, three weeks after she was reported missing, but she was only found because the residents and the people who were staying there were complaining of the water tasting really bad and smelling really foul. And yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Scariest. That's like the most like, oh my God, the most disturbing Ugh. thing. That's so me. horrifying to me. Yeah, me too. I know. Like, I'm like, because then you'd think, like, if you were one of those people that drank that water for the oh rest of God. your life, you have to be like, yeah. I drank water that, like, a dead body was, like, sitting in. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if she haunts the people that drank her. <laughs> oh. God. It's like that movie Dark Water. Have you all seen yeah. that? It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. But, I mean, th- yeah. And, like, what are the long term if any health effects of something like that. I mean, it went on for weeks. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even just like, oh, it's so gross. I guess it, and terrible. it also probably yeah. like depends on how much of it you actually ingested. Like I'm sure people, as soon as like taking a sip or like running their water for the shower, were like, uh, this isn't right. Yeah. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. I would hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you made like yeah. coffee with it or something. And I like, guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, like, <laughs> you're just like coming back really drunk, you know, and you, you don't even notice. You're like, oh, I just need some water. And like, oh, God, either way, it's not good. Yeah. It's so bad. No, it's, it's terrible. I, I lived in Michigan for a little while, and the area I was in, um, the water was orange. Weird. And now I know <laughs> that it was probably <laughs> lead pipes. Um, yep. But at, at the time, I was told it was just like what they call well water, uh, um, huh. and it wasn't like filtrated correctly or something. So like the tub would like get a weird film, and like people would drink it. I couldn't do it because um, it like had a metallic like smell and flavor. But like people like. that lived there would, and so it makes me wonder like if it went on for a couple weeks, people were thinking, oh, it's just like L.A. water. Like, I, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I that's a uh, that's like one of the things that people said is that it did take a little while to get reported because yeah. some people said that like later on said oh yeah i noticed that that water was gross but i just thought it was la water like yeah mm-hmm. i mean so, we have a suburb here yeah like, i mean Glad- gladstone water is disgusting <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody should, don't somebody drink somebody that gladstone water yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I guess, yeah, that's true. If there's a bunch of, like, tourists staying in another city, like, a lot of times you go somewhere and you're like, okay, this water tastes different than my home water. They probably just shrugged it off and bought a bottle or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's true. I, I... 
And she was found, her body was naked too. And some of her, um, some of her belongings were like floating in the water or found, like some of her clothes were scattered on the roof as well. So um, it was just the whole entire situation. The last seen footage of her was strange. She was also traveling alone. Yeah. So um, there wasn't really anyone there. That's one reason that it took so long to find her too, because she was just by herself. But, you know, the footage of the elevator is also something that has drawn a lot of attention mm-hmm. even to this day. And there's so many different theories about it. And if you watch it, it's about three minutes or so, mm-hmm. uh, I think three or four minutes, but it's really wild. She's pressing all these buttons and I don't think the door closes during this time, but she like goes up to the edge, looks out onto the hallway, runs back in, kind of goes to the corner and then like slowly creeps yeah. up to the front. It and almost looks, looks around. It almost looks like she's like playing hide and go seek with somebody yeah. that's like coming down yeah. the hallway or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, you can tell like, that she's like freaked out. Yeah. Like this is not something that looks fun. She's trying to like figure out something. It, it It's very unnerving to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think the weirdest thing about the thing for some reason that is the weirdest to me is like you said, the door doesn't shut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, why does the door not shut? Because right? she, she's standing there, you know, she away from it in front yeah. of the door a few times, but like, there are long periods of time where she's standing there, you know, not in front of the door and it just stays wide open. And so that's why mm-hmm. I think there's like, there's been some theories that like, it could be like, it could have been in something paranormal, like in the hotel that like, that the cameras mm-hmm. weren't picking up. Yeah. But somehow there are, you know, theories about like, could, you know, there have been something in the elevator with her, but that it wasn't picked up by cameras, but like, somehow the elevator doors could sense it or whatever you know i don't know yeah I mean, there was like one i remember one theory read about was the like korean elevator game but some people are saying that um it, it should stop at the 10th floor but elisa lamb was apparently on the 14th floor but the hmm. but the game is essentially pressing buttons in a specific way to what is what is how that oh so you can reach a dimension in which nothing exists but the player right and so what does that mean? I don't know. Well, I've, just, yeah, the person. I've heard various like ways, like things too. Like it takes you, it unlocks like a secret dimension that, or like unlocks a level to hell or like I've heard multiple <laughs> variations of that. No. Like you push the buttons in a certain order. And then if you get off at the 10th floor, a little girl will apparently ask you where you're going, but you're not supposed to answer and then there's ways that you how to return or you can get stuck in this dimension or something oh gosh yeah no thanks i mean i'm scared of getting stuck in elevators let alone know, right? from an elevator <laughs> well, apparently you're not awful. gonna get stuck in this elevator because the door doesn't close <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> okay so this is like kind of weird but have you guys ever seen uh kingdom hospital the stephen king like uh tv miniseries uh, no. Okay. Well, for some reason, I was really obsessed with it when I was younger. My mom and I watched the whole thing, and like, there's like another dimension in like this hospital, and an anteater lives there. And so I just think about that maybe the Korean like <laughs> elevator dimension would have an anteater. I don't know. That's an anteater comes to my mind. <laughs> I, I like that you just imagine an anteater. 
Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was pretty nice in the in the show, I remember, so. Was, is the anteater, like, normal size, or is this, like, a giant He was, he was pretty big, but I don't, I, honestly, I've never <laughs> seen an anteater in person, so I don't I think, know. I think anteaters are pretty large creatures. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm talking, like, human size. Let's like. see. I'm going to look at how big an anteater is. Um, oh, yeah. They're, like, six to seven feet long. Wow. Well, it depends. That's a giant anteater. Okay. Uh, There's different ones. A silky, a silky anteater is only 14 to 18 inches. So wow, it's a baby. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Didn't think we were going to talk about anteaters. (laughs) Hotel episode. I mean, you know. Is this good? I see that there's only one series. Is this something to check I, out? Okay, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but okay. I loved it when it was on TV. Like, mm-hmm. I was, like, obsessed with, like, every... Because I was watching it, you know, that was back in the times where you had to watch TV weekly. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, always excited. My mom and I were very into, like, the show, and we were so excited when the new episode would come out. And, like, it, there's a pretty great scene where a guy that's like a headless guy is looking for his head and they play that song that's like, where's your head? It's worth watching. It's hard to find though. So Yeah, yeah I, I was just trying to find it to stream somewhere. It doesn't look like yeah. it's anywhere. Well, Lars Von Tier is involved too. It's based on the kingdom by Lars Von Tier. So I'm, or, I'm wondering how that is. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, I don't know if there's any anteaters at the Cecil, but <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Well, it's only point. if you get into the alternate dimension. Yeah, so you gotta hit the buttons correctly. And I didn't. Cho- I intentionally chose not to read the order of the buttons. So if you really want to try the Korean elevator game, you're gonna have to look it up yourself. Well, no, because if you read it, then like, it's, like subconsciously, you might push. I might on, end like, up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they have a 13th floor there because a lot of hotels. Oh, yeah, they don't. In, they skip it. You, uh-huh. Yeah, they skip it. I know New Orleans, especially, like, you will not find a hotel or something down there with the thir- or any, like, building really with the 13th, like, button or 13th but floor. But isn't the, funny to me? Cause yeah, because like, the 14th mm-hmm. floor is just is the 13th. Is the 13th, floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just don't label you're just, them that you're way. You're just there. choosing to acknowledge yeah. a different number. Yeah. Like, you don't exist. Yeah. You don't exist. Here. So, well, th- yeah, this case, like, really, I don't know, for some reason, when the Alyssa Lamb, is it Alyssa or Elisa? I, I think it's Elisa. Elisa? Yeah. Um, when the case came out, like, it, I, I was, wa- I probably have watched, like, every YouTube video that exists of anybody, like, going through the video and, like, looking at, like, did she push, like, the door open button or did she not? Mm. Or, like, trying to figure this out. Um, and, it was just very interesting because some of them said, you know, that she wasn't like on any like illegal narcotics or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she did have like, I want to say bipolar, like a little bit yeah, of manic she, she history, yeah. but nothing like to like, that's, you know, abnormal. Like I know a ton of people that live normal lives with I, those things. Yeah. Right. I do recall um, an article where they, they say specifically like how her bipolar disorder was treated. And one of the medications she was on, it didn't specifically say which medication, but that it could um, cause, like, um, psychosis sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then like how did she get in the water tank is the thing yeah. that drives me crazy because I've even seen like reconstructions where somebody's gone um, like on like Google Earth and like zoomed in and like looked at the top of it where if there could be a ladder somewhere or like how and it, it's like she she would have had to have done some like pretty impressive like acrobatics oh. it seems like yeah. to have gotten herself into that tank. I found what I read about the medication so um, she they know she had taken at least one of her antidepressants that day um, and that she had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day, and that she had not taken her antipsychotic recently. So they don't think that she had been properly taking her medications that she okay. had been um, subscribed to, which can yeah. unfortunately yeah. cause some really bad coming side effects. Coming off meds without like come you know doctor's orders that can seriously mess somebody up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't make you like a gymnast so that's still the part that like it might explain her like you know like talking to somebody that wasn't there in the hallway mm-hmm. or like being erratic but um but yeah, yeah that I, I think is the scariest part know. it is yeah yeah well and law enforcement said that the roof could only be accessed via locked door or a fire escape or and a fire escape and none of that had been compromised so no one knows how she got up there and into the how she like because she was her death was i think concluded after the autopsy which the autopsy took weeks afterwards which is also kind of weird Mm -hmm. but um you know that it was a death by drowning i think Mm -hmm. yeah i think that was what the conclusion yeah and that's why they like uh have mostly ruled out like murder because Mm -hmm. there wasn't any other like signs of like anything happening to her body necessarily right and so i mean but it's just it's such a like what a messed up way to kill yourself like drowning is like which i mean if it's accidental drowning i mean so maybe she was going through an episode and like didn't mean to do it yeah then why would you go to the water tower like i I mean because i mean going to the i mean i guess unless you're just really I mean, I think, like, unfortunately, psychosis can really just put people in a state that doesn't make sense to anyone but them at that point in time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know one of the theories that she was, like, thinking somebody, something was coming after her and she was attempting to hide and that Mm. she had climbed up and then fallen into it, not realizing it was full of water Mm. um, (sighs) was one of the theories that I saw. But then I'm like, what a horrifying way like truly because you like how scary and you can't just like climb out of a water tower right yeah yeah because i mean maybe well, even and- if she was in there like she could have kept trying to swim for like as long as she possibly mm-hmm. could yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like that's like almost as bad as like being buried alive is it worse yeah or, or I don't, I don't know. know. What do you guys think? I don't like, know which goes... Whatever goes slower is worse, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I think you would drown... Fa- you would die faster by drowning than you would being buried alive? Yeah, I yeah, don't you know. You just have to tire yourself out enough that you couldn't keep yourself... I mean, because in theory, you could still, like, float on your back for a while. Yeah, but I have heard, like, people panicking like in burial sites so like or even like swimming but if you're being buried alive sometimes if if you're aware of what's happening you're panicking so your breathing is heavier which increases you know you you, it makes it it expedites the process Mm -hmm. that makes sense 
So whichever one takes longer is the scariest, personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. So yeah. earlier we talked a little bit about Elizabeth Short um, and the Black Dahlia, um, and I thought it was really, really interesting. There's like some similarities with Elizabeth and Alyssa. Yeah. Um, and both of them were in their early 20s, traveling alone. Um, they both had loose travel plans, uh, petite, attractive brunettes. Um, they both came from San Diego to downtown Los Angeles in January, mm-hmm. which hmm. is just weird. Um, and I, even though it's disputed if it was the Cecil or not, but they were both seen in a downtown hotel. Um, mm-hmm. It was just really interesting to me that there were like so many like traits that they had in common right. for as far apart as they were. Um, and then they have the Cecil to tie them together. Yeah, it really is interesting. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of, like, you know, cultural references, too, because, like, this hotel is just so strange. Like, there's so many bad things that have happened there and around there, and there's so many unsolved cases. Like, it's spawned a lot of, you know, like, pop cultural references, too. Like, have y'all seen the movie uh, Barton Fink, Coen so Brothers? So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So, I mean, even just the decor and the style, like the cinematography and everything um, is very reminiscent of like a rundown hotel, like the Cecil, and they took a lot of like visual cues from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen that film, but I, I remember thinking that when I was like going through some of the photos of the hotel, it was reminiscent. And then um, it was also served as inspiration for American Horror Story season five, Hotel. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think like the um, so hotel. I think because that's actually so. I've watched some of American Horror Story, obviously, because I talked yeah. about it earlier too. But um, I think uh, I haven't seen like a few of the most recent seasons. But the that season, I actually like quit because it became like too. Liz, like, I just I also quit that season. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it anymore. Like, I couldn't either. It, yeah, it was so. Like, there was so much, like, rape on screen that I was yeah. like, this is so yeah. extreme that, like, I just don't even, like, I'm not even enjoying it. Like, I agree. It was just too much. And it felt too, like, wow, look at how, like, we're pretty, we're making everything, but everything's actually really dark. And, like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It didn't do it for me either. Yeah. And I thought but, it was unnecessary. Like, the amount yeah. of rape in that entire franchise, I think, is just a little unnecessary and exploitative yes. because I felt that way yeah. with, um, not, was it Hospital? It was like season two, asylum. I think, with like the alien, yeah, yeah. asylum with the aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is way too rapey for me. Like, I don't know why there's so much rape everywhere. Like, this yeah. doesn't have to include so much rape. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe or get you some, just do maybe it get some ladies in that writer's room. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but but uh, the one thing that I did like about Hotel though, in its defense, was I liked how, you know, you did have the um the Night Stalker in there. You also had like H. H. Holmes was kind of sure. cool. And yeah. you know, they sort of throw throw in a couple of different uh serial killers in the mix. And then I honestly kind of like what was it? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, Sarah Paulson's character yeah. kind of shows up a lot, like, a prostitute with her. I liked how the makeup was for her, where she was a spirit, like a dead prostitute, but she always had, like, smudged mascara under her eyes because she was just crying all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked that. Whole, like, the aesthetic, I think, is one of the most appealing things for me for that whole entire franchise and, like, you know... Uh, just Ryan Murphy in general, like costume design, set design, but storyline always falters. Yeah, yes. For me on his yeah. stuff, but 
What were you saying, Kayla? I was just saying, I had fun with the season. I don't know what number it was, but it was Roanoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That season mm-hmm. actually was, like, a fun season. I, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, I think that's the last season I watched. Is that the last one yeah. that came out? Well, I don't no, know. No, there's been, like, Apocalypse was in the, or something. Oh, oh yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And 80, the cult six one. Or something. Yeah. Oh, there's, I'm way behind. Wow. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a few <laughs> since then. But I agree, Roanoke was fun, and I liked how inventive the style was, mm-hmm. how they incorporated, like, a reality TV component. And I think, you know, flexing your sort of, see, that goes back to, like, storyline yeah. and writing and Writing a little bit, like getting a little bit more elaborative in that sense, as opposed to just like, let's do some really gnarly scene that'll make them grossed out or uncomfortable. Yeah, like, yeah, yep. yeah. Like yeah. let's uh, let's like because I think the scene I officially quit on with Hotel was like the H H Holmes character was raping a woman while cutting her head off, and I was like, yeah, mm, yeah, I think I'm, I'm good. Not. Like I'm pass I, on this. Yeah, I think I just don't yeah. need to do this to myself. So yeah. That's so shock value, exploitative, and just unnecessary. Yeah. Like, if you want to watch something like that, watch a video nasty or some snuff film. Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, that, so the Cecil was a big inspiration <laughs> for five American Horror Story. Watch at your own will. Lots of trigger warnings. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and then there was also, uh, it was a setting for the No Sleep podcast, season three episode entitled The Cecil Hotel, which uh, adapted a horror fiction short story loosely based on the death of Elisa Lamb, which uh, I haven't listened to the No Sleep podcast, was, but I've heard good things. I was just going to say, I have to interject with that podcast is legit one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. And it's like primarily horror fiction um, or it is horror fiction. It's all like short horror stories. Um, but the production value is amazing. They're on season 15, I think now. Oh, wow. So, and like David Cummings is, I, I think he was originally like the initial showrunner and now he has a crew of people with him. But that podcast just continues to be one of the best horror podcasts. Hmm. Cannot recommend that podcast enough. If you If you want to just put on like, most of their episodes now, I think, are an hour, but you can like subscribe or buy a season pass, and then they're usually like two or so hours, uh, so you get extra stories. But even oh, wow. just the one-hour episodes are totally worth a listen. Cool. Noted. So, question for y'all. Mm-hmm. Would you stay at the Cecil Hotel after all of this? Mm. They're adding a rooftop pool in 2021. <laughs> Why are they doing that? <laughs> I um, I, well, I, I guess, you know, gentrification happens. And I'm wondering <sighs> if somebody's putting money into that place, if that yeah. neighborhood is not taking a turn uh, financially, there must be something happening. Or I, w- I don't see an investor actually putting money in there. But I, I did see that they were, there were plans. Now, I, I don't know with the Rona, like, if, yeah if this is still happening or not, but that there was plans to um, be doing some work to it. So maybe. So I'm going to say, I don't know that I need to stay there, but I would go have like a drink at the bar just to like see what it's all about. I revise my answer to that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't think that I would stay there either. Uh, It's just, like I, I feel like I would just have a hard time sleeping. Like, and I, and yeah. I like sleeping way too much to to risk it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could, Andrea, I'll get swimming up there with you. Okay. We yeah. Could just like let's go. Get a drink 
and then I'll go swimming and then we can just leave after that. I mean, a rooftop, yeah, have to a, a rooftop pool almost like definitely there's going to be a rooftop bar, right? Yeah, but yeah. Are, are you staring? Because the water tower is on the roof. So what, are you going to be like floating in the pool, staring at the water tower? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Probably. Oh, like, no. I couldn't, deal, like, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. Like, do they have a memorial up there? I don't know. I mean, if probably, not. probably not because first of all, they're acknowledging their dark history, and second of all, um, there's been so many deaths there when they have yeah. they can't have a memorial for everyone, right? Yeah. I wonder if their bar has themed drinks oh, no. after like the serial killers. <laughs> I mean, like if you go to if you go to the Stanley, you know, there's all these themed cocktails and That's stuff. That's a little more so. like fun though. Yeah, this yeah. I at the beginning I said like I was agreeing with you, Liz, about embracing like their spooky history. <laughs> but this is way worse, I think, than Yeah, um, it is. Because it's not spooky, it's just like it's sad just and, yeah, that's true. It's dark. tragic. Yeah, yeah it's it really dark is. And yeah. It's tragic and it's just there's nothing and another thing too, it's like I also didn't find a lot of or really if any paranormal stuff that's going on. It's just these are all the terrible instances and terrible people who have passed through these halls and died here. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I think like, maybe the best plan is just tear it down and uh, turn it into like a community center or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Try to make something better for the community. So. Mm-hmm. But it, it did, it made me wonder like how often this stuff happens in hotels and if the Cecil really has like a higher number or, or if, if it's, it's just. just an- like publicized yeah. because it happened. Um, and the closest thing I could find, because um, most of the suicides were happening in like the 30s um, and then like the 40s and the 60s were kind of quiet and then it started again. Um, but in the LA area, and the only statistic I could find was from 1967, which is very random, <laughs> but there were 18 out of 100,000 people would commit suicide in LA County, which I feel like that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if they took the averages of the hotel being 50% occupied out of the 600 rooms um, on a seven day average, because some people lived there, some people just stayed the night, that would put them um, over a year within well normal range. Because in that time, the math came out to something like 97 suicides, and they had 11 in 31 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, next time you go to a hotel, think about that. Yeah, fun. Um, I do want to say, I know we talked about this briefly before, but let's see if anything comes of this. I did cover uh, the Elisa Lamb story in 2017 um, on a podcast I was on prior to this. And we started getting a bunch of weird emails sent to our podcast email. Um, and we actually got one weird, like, it was it's still in 2017. Actually, I guess we probably covered it in 2016 because we received an email um, on Friday, February 17th, 2017 at 2.02 a.m. And it's from just someone named LL. Uh, they don't have an email we can reply to. And it just cool says, J. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> LL <laughs> Cool J's on to us. Um, <laughs> So it just says, hi, check out this new information. It's mind-blowing. Regards. (laughs) And then there's no name, but there's a link to a YouTube video. Does he lick his lips? No, thankfully. (laughs) Um, But the video it links to is an almost nine-minute video just about um, 
The title is Elisa Lamb's Cemetery Synchronicity, Very Strange Mystery Death. <laughs> um, and I remember watching this video. It's been years since I watched it. But ultimately what the video comes down to is one of the last people that recalls seeing Elisa Lamb before her death was um, a woman who worked at the bookstore called The Last Bookstore. Is that correct, Marissa? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And... Um, so it's, it was fairly prominent, like, in the media when she was um, found dead because it, it was the, one of the last places she was seen alive. And apparently they use a privacy company for their website, uh, which is based in Burnaby, which is the suburb of Vancouver that Elisa was from, and I believe subsequently buried in after her body was found. Um, oh, wait, no, it's this is what it is. So the, the P.O. box has the same zip code, which is displayed for the address, which shows up inside the Forest Lawn Cemetery where Elisa is buried. So that's what this wild conspiracy video is about. Jeez. So let's see if we start getting any weird conspiracy videos, guys. It's creepy. I know. That is creepy. Very creepy. Like, it's like never ending with like unsolved murders, mm -hmm. you know, or unsolved deaths in general. like. It's like endless possibilities. I don't know what people are going to connect the dots with. Exactly. Yeah. Like some of it feels like a big stretch like this. Like mm -hmm. it's probably just some strange coincidence, but mm -hmm. people still make 10 minute videos on YouTube about it. I know. Right. Right. People will make 10 minute videos on YouTube about anything though. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Of all of the Cecil cases, though, she just, for some reason, like, gets stuck in my brain. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, there's yeah. something, I mean, I think hers something is the to most, that story. Hers is definitely one of the more interesting ones. And, I mean, it's also more recent, so it's, like, mm -hmm. it's part of, like, the popular culture. I, uh, I actually had a student, um, they had to create like a mock-up of like a documentary that they would maybe want to do like it was just kind of a in theory like so they wouldn't actually be making the documentary it was just kind of to practice um writing up documentaries sure. and uh, a girl actually did hers on the elisa lamb case and so uh she was like really obsessed with the specifically buzzfeed unsolved and so she watched it all the time and uh she was like I, you know, I love this case because I mean, it's a weird thing to say that, that you love a case, but I mean, she was just fascinated by it, and so um, I think that was actually, you know, it was it was fun to just get to talk to her about like uh, our theories and um, you know having her like theorize what she thought and stuff like that. But it, mm -hmm. it it's definitely something that is part of like you know the current day culture because I mean, even like high school kids were talking about it at the time. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well that's all i have for the cecil yeah um what's going on with y'all this week like what's casting a spell on you guys what are y'all into so uh, my thing is something that i'm not normally into and that is zombie movies okay but Fine. this one is um just it just came out it's a south korean zombie film um, and I am old, so I always want to say pound, but I think it's like hashtag alive. Is, is the this the, the one where the kid's like stuck in his, he's playing a video game and he's stuck yes. in his apartment? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's a video, like he's like a Twitcher, like he live streams yeah, yeah. video games. Um, mm -hmm. It is so good. I'm not going to talk much about it because I want everybody to watch it because it's fantastic. Is it on Netflix? Um, 
Yes, it is. Uh, and okay, sweet. I need to watch this. Yeah, I yeah. saw I saw the trailer for it and it looked awesome. Yeah, and I try not to get into chatter with internet comment trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen a couple people that were like, well, it's no train to Busan and it's not supposed to be. So don't go yeah, into it right. being that guy because it's not yeah. it's not that <laughs> just let it be its own movie yeah I don't right know why people have i mean they're only comparing they're only comparing it because it's a korean zombie movie exactly right, exactly they couldn't be any more different but it, it's very good and um i'm very hit and miss on the zombie thing um yeah there, Did you, there's not a ton of it that i love but this one was great that's good to know i've been looking for i didn't realize it was already out yeah yeah, um, so on the zombie train, uh, like, this is an older movie, but I just watched it last night, actually, um, and I just watched, and by older, I mean, like, it's still new, but it's just not brand new, um, and I just watched Little Monsters on Hulu. Oh, yeah. And I actually had a lot of fun with it. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was super Which fun. Which one, though? Is it oh, the one from the 80s, or no. is it the one The one with the Lupita in it okay um, gotcha, gotcha. it's a zombie yeah. movie yeah so she gotcha, gotcha. uh you know is a teacher of like a i think like probably like six-year-olds or something i don't know if it's like kindergarten first grade whatever mm-hmm. um but they go on a field trip and while they're at the field trip uh things zo- the zombies start uh like attacking basically um but i i don't know like it wasn't like amazing by any, like it I, you know it didn't do anything new i guess for the genre by any means but it was a lot of fun and uh i mean i recommend it if you're looking for something fun and uh just like with you know that spooky vibe and lupita is amazing so um mm-hmm. yeah, i'll watch anything she's in but i'm my- glad you clarified that though because i was with marissa i'm like oh yeah fred savage is awesome in that yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> honestly maybe growing up like i love it too yeah, it's so, so good <laughs> But no, I, yeah, both are fantastic. Yeah, watch both. And Lupita is actually really, really, yeah, like you're saying, she's really good in that movie. It's so sweet and it's funny, but like the kids are also so precious. I like, know. It's, it's a feel good horror comedy. Yeah, it I is, love it. It is. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but my actual thing for this week um, is actually uh, Haribo's uh, vamp- Sour Vampire Bats are back. Ooh. Um, and so they're like, one of my favorite gummy candies of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm usually a twin snakes person. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Which that half of the twin snake is sour and half of the is, is sweet. And my favorite part of the twin snake is the sour snake. But um, <laughs> Halloween time comes around and they put out the sour bats, which the whole bat is sour. And uh, it's basically the best time ever. Um, and so this. it was just very <laughs> exciting to see those back on the shelves. And I bought like three bags and... Uh, it's been a it's been a good week. <laughs> That's good. That does sound like a good week. We're gonna have to add like a, a Liz's candy recommendation. So honestly, <laughs> I feel like mine this week was Reese's Bats. Okay. Have you seen they started <laughs> making bats? No. I thought they just made no. Reese's pumpkins. Well, at Target the other day, I found bats, and that That's made me awesome. probably way more excited than I should have been. But I it's was still little things right now. I mean, honestly, yeah. yeah, I'm walking through Target and there's a bag of Reese's bats and I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I want right now. Um, but also the no sleep podcast gets really good for me around this time of year. I start revisiting mm-hmm. old episodes and they do Halloween specials. So seriously, if you've never listened to the no sleep podcast, you could even just scroll through episodes and read like titles of stories and find one that sounds good. 
Nice. I have to check that out. Yeah. I've heard of them, but I've been meaning to do that forever. So I'm glad that that came up. There, I think for me, like I got, so in our first uh, episode, we talked about goosebumps a little bit mm-hmm. and I saw online that there's this anniversary tin, like a little tin box that has the covers of all, like the old school covers with the original artwork because I think it was like 10 years later or something, the artwork changed and the covers were not nearly as good as the originals. So they put out this these three different anniversary editions with these tins and each tin has five books in them that are all original artwork. What? And it's the original books. Yeah. So I got one. And the one I have has, let's see in here, it has Welcome to Dead House, Night of the Living Dummy, The Haunted Mask, One Day at Horrorland, and Say Cheese and Die. Oh, fun. I love Say Cheese and Die. I know. And I just feel like such a little kid because, I mean, yeah, like the little things mean so much. And like nostalgia, I'm just anything that makes me feel like all good inside from when I was little. Like, I'm so excited to have these. The one hang up, though, on these books, like they're all everything is the same. But the one thing is that, you know, on the original covers, how Goosebump, the title was like raised. Yeah, they're not raised. Oh, that's weird. I know, but the tin has it raised on top of it. So I don't know. And the tin's actually really cool and all little five books fit really nicely in there. And then there's two other ones that are available that have, you know, five books in there as well. But you can't pick and choose what you want. It's like which group you want. So these were my favorite growing up, so it's been kind of fun to flip through these. But um, yeah, that's been that's been kind of fun this week. But also um, a movie recommendation that I watched, uh, or a movie that I watched recently that I thought y'all might get a kick out of, or anyone who's listening, it's called Housebound. Have y'all watched yes. this before? Yes, I love Housebound. I know what you're it's talking so about. Fun. I've never actually watched it, but I've heard Housebound it's is so fun. Yeah, it's great. It's a it's a it's from 2014. It's a New Zealand horror comedy. Yes, and it's it's really creepy at times. It really balances, um, you know, just sort of like a really like a haunted house sort of atmosphere. But then the comedy elements uh, are really surprising and enjoyable. And it just it's a really good movie to watch while you're in quarantine during this time mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't know. Not a lot of people talk about it anymore and revisiting it is really enjoyable. So I highly suggest it. I think it's streaming on Prime, but it won a lot of awards. Let's see. It won a lot of awards and was nominated for a lot of stuff. It's like it has elements of like the changeling in there. um, But the comedy is just completely different. I don't want to give away too much because it's like a haunted house movie, but it's so much fun. And it really Y'all is such a good balance of like the scares, but then the comedy comes in and it, it kind of comes in out of nowhere. It's really well done. Yeah. Like it's not, I don't really even know another film to compare it to. Mm-hmm. It sort of stands on its own in a way. Yeah. I second that recommendation. That's a, that's a fun movie. Yeah. It's been like a more uplifting week. I'm trying to like, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's, all I have for this week. Awesome. 
This concludes the gathering of the Black Magic Coven, and be sure to check in with us next time as we discuss the first female serial killer, Lavinia Fisher. And don't forget to like, follow, and rate us on social media at Black Magic Coven. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. listening to a downright creepy original on the crickets podcast network <laughs>